gonna do this all day. We're in the end game now. Welcome back to the Weekly Bugle Podcast, where I'm one of your co-hosts, Tyler. And I am your other co-host, Jesse. Today we are doing Punisher's episode 8, 9, and 10. We're doing this a little bit differently this time. We're trying to move a little bit quicker through the Punisher, um, just because we're, we feel like we're going a little bit slow. But um, So yeah, we're going to be talking about episodes 8, 9, and 10 in full spoilers, so if you haven't seen up to then, um, you know, I would stop now. But um, we're probably going to be bouncing back and forth quite a bit on the episodes. But um, yeah, so we're going to, instead of deep diving analysis on each episode, we're going to kind of talk about main points and things that we thought stood out in the episode. Um, so yeah, so let's start off. Tyler, do you want to bring us with our your first point? So yeah, with that being said, uh, the first point I actually want to talk about is uh, Mahoney catches Frank because we just found out that... Well, Billy just found out that Frank is the Punisher. He's the skull that he's dreaming about or having nightmares about, essentially. And uh, Mahoney catches Frank in the uh, in the alley. You know, he says, you know, drop the gun or whatever. And Frank does what he's told. But with that being said, Curtis saves Frank, which puts Curtis, you know, basically in the crosshairs to uh, now with the police. So with all that being said, Jess, I just have a question to you. Do you think uh, Frank would have let Mahoney take him down, or do you think he would have pulled some kind of move and gotten out of that? Because I think he would have. Uh, I think he would have personally gotten out of it. Yeah, I think he would have gotten out of it, especially considering Frank still ended up like punching Mahoney. I think he was probably willing to do that to get himself out of that bind. Um, this, I, I agree. The scene was of importance, and I think a big part of it is now that Curtis is tied up in it more than he originally wanted to because now the cops are aware of Frank Castle's friend. So that puts a big target on him, especially when uh, Curtis is trying to protect other people like his girlfriend from getting into trouble. I think this does have a different impacts. And also Mahoney is just basically inserting himself as a huge pain in the ass from here on out. Well, Although we don't really see him in a, Episodes 9 and 10, but I'm assuming he's going to be uh, difficult towards the end. Definitely hot, right on, hot on the trail. But also, this tells the world that Frank Castle isn't dead. Frank Castle's been, you know, hiding out or, you know, MIA for the last year, year and a half, however long it's been since, you know, Frank Castle died. Yeah, I so love that. The world's back on alert, you know, it's front page type shit. Yeah, the Punisher is back for New York City, but also for us as the audience. I feel like we've seen like way more of Frank in like wearing the skull, um, you know, accepting himself as the Punisher, and that's what I've been waiting for for quite a bit is to really see him embracing the skull and wearing it around. So that's pretty exciting to me. And um, let's see, did you? I was. Oh, go ahead. That's some, that's something I've been waiting for. That's what I wanted to see in season one, and he ended up not wearing the skull until late in the season you know i think it's like episode 10 or 11 back when uh billy's people found out our doctor agent orange's people found out where frank and michael have been hiding out at i think that's the first time he donned the skull after like the first episode where he burned everything yeah they seem to bounce around with him wearing the skull and then not wearing the skull a lot 
it's it's kind of irritating just because you would like for him to just you know be full on the Punisher all the time. And I know like he's walking around like he's still acting like the Punisher, but you know this is you know comic book show. We want to see the Punisher and the Skull. So I think I'm hoping. I don't know. I feel like I've been saying this every podcast episode that we're like gearing up and we're going to get a lot more Punisher and it's going to be a lot more intense. I would say that these episodes have been um, when maybe they haven't been as much previous episodes. So I'm hoping that momentum continues, even though um, it, I don't know, it seems to kind of take that, that roller coaster approach of like, you know, kind of down and up. So I, it yeah, remains to yeah. be seen. Um, yeah. So what's something that you noticed about this uh, episode eight? So um, I think keeping up with your Mahoney point, um, you know, Mahoney gets punched by the Punisher. Punisher takes his gun and all that. And we eventually see Mahoney show back up at Madani's place. And I've never seen uh, Mahoney this, I, I don't know, aggravated, pissed off. You know, we've seen him, you know, I guess pretty aggravated or pretty intense. But he seems like super fed up at this point. And usually he's kind of nice, you know, and kind of playful with Madani. And it, it seems like the roles have reversed where he's you know, fully taking charge and basically tells Madani she has to choose at this point whose side she's going to be on. And I think that's another very important part uh, throughout these episodes is Madani kind of figuring that out, whose side is she going to take because she works for the law, but here she is also helping Frank Castle. And I think she deep down knows that she wants Billy to be killed. So um, I think that trailer scene, you know, where we eventually get Curtis, Madani, and Amy all sitting there kind of discussing what they're going to do exactly. Um, it's, yeah, it's kind of that sit down. And honestly, after watching uh, to episode 10, I'm not 100% sure what Madani is going to do still. What, where do you think she's at? Well, I see, uh, I see that, uh, the first off, let me touch on Mahoney. Mahoney point proves that he's a fantastic detective because he also told Madani that it was an inside job, which I didn't realize that in episode seven until we got to episode eight when the uh that guy, you know, was an inside job basically. The, you know who I'm talking about, the one who pushed the button. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Mahoney was able to pick up on that. Mahoney I didn't picked up on that. that until like and until it was, you know, made obvious in the warehouse. And but then again, like they could have just killed the witness. So props to Mahoney for being a fantastic detective. But I do want to say that I think Madani's kind of crossing the line. Like I feel as if she thinks she is indebted to Frank because he saved her. But at the same time, I think, you know, she does realize that she is part of the law. She is a cop. So... I think Mahoney's kind of trying to figure out where she stands because, you know, she doesn't want to give Frank up to Mahoney. Then in episode eight, I mean, excuse me, episode nine, we'll touch later on. I feel as if Frank is kind of on an island by himself where everybody's kind of deserted him, including Mahoney, Curtis, and Amy. Not Mahoney, Madani. And so I just feel like Madani doesn't really know, you know, she, like you said, she wants Billy gone. But she doesn't know if Frank's the one to do it, to kill him, or if putting him in prison is the answer. 
So Madani, I, I feel like she's at a gray area. Yeah, she's definitely trying to figure it out. I would say where I would think her perspective changed was when, um, I think this happened in episode nine, but when Billy shows up into her apartment, I think that yeah. was a bit of a wake-up call that, you know, I think it became a little bit more real to her at that point. And I also feel like I saw less in, in uh, I guess, later scenes of her necessarily stating that the law you know you know she she seems more defensive of frank instead of being defensive of the law um especially during scenes where we see like her and dumont speaking together so i would say going forward i think madani's moving into the the side of frank castle instead of the law um i guess we'll have to see how that plays out and maybe you know where that puts her and mahoney but that's where I'm thinking she's going. I think when they're in the trailer, her idea was that they should all just turn Frank in and be done with it. But I definitely think her perspective has changed since then. And I think it'll kind of hold true that she'll side with the Punisher from here on out. Uh, I agree she's going to side with the Punisher as well. Um, anything else? Um, probably not. I think... I don't have a whole lot on episode 8, just because I feel like episode 9 and 10 really have the bulk of it for me. But I know you have a few things on 8, so um, if you want to take away some points. One more point that I wanted to touch on that I thought was like a really big point in episode 8. By the way, episode 8 is called My Brother's Keeper. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, Billy, uh, he's basically recruited his... We saw earlier he recruited 8 guys. They're now down to four, 4 guys. I don't have their names. I'm sure you have their names written down. I actually don't. I figured they were just I know, kind of like cannon fodder. Well, they'll just. I know one of them's names like Jose. Jose oh, Jose. Yeah. But that's the only one right. I caught. That's the only one I caught. Anyway, so he has new guys and he's given them a speech. And I don't I didn't write down the word, but he like said like a line or from that his anvil speech from season one. Um, I know you caught that also, um, but. Is he like, is this the new Anvil? Is he recruiting, trying to like bring back Anvil? Because remember, I don't know if it was episode seven or six, he did say that, uh, he said that, you know, he doesn't know what's worse, having a company and not knowing about it or no longer having it. So I just, I feel like he's trying to recreate something that, he you know, he didn't have. And real quick, before I let, pass the mic to you, I also want to point out that, like, it's. I think that's a nat- being a leader is a natural thing to Billy because he automatically went back to that speech. I'm sure during his Anvil days, he gave that speech a thousand times, but not remembering that speech and being back in the barracks memory, you know, he kind of created that speech from within at the time of the moment. So I think being a na- he's a natural leader, and there's something inside of him that makes him always go back to those Anvil speeches. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that he is basically making Anvil again, whether he's aware of it or not, because he doesn't, I don't think he remembers Anvil. But um, and I think this new group is called Valhalla, I think is what he's what he's named this new group. Yeah, Valhalla. I kind of like Anvil better, but whatever. Yeah, obviously can't use it again. But um, yeah, I think from... For the past few episodes, it had been feeling a lot like he was slowly, you know, bringing Anvil up a little bit, and or we would get those vibes. I think you're right. He does bring a lot of uh, phrasing back from the past season 
that he would use during his speeches in Anvil. So I agree, it's it's very reminiscent, and I think it'll ultimately be similar. I think he he speaks a lot, you know, as like we're group, like we're brotherhood. But often I get the feeling that he doesn't necessarily treat them that way. Um, I bring them up as cannon fodder because I would say, you know, like when they first, uh, or when Billy and, you know, that small group at the time of like five people completed that uh, bank heist, I'll call it, he ended up, you know, shooting like two or three of them. And I would say, you know, later on when he has his group and, you know, he sets the trap for Frank, it seems like he's kind of setting them up to die as well. And maybe we'll talk more about that when we kind of hit episode 10 a little bit harder. But I think it's always been about Billy and he's just kind of starting his own thing again. Uh, does that sound at all accurate? Or do you feel like um, I, I definitely think, I don't know if he's setting them up like in any brotherhood, any fraternity, any kind of anything, you have to have a leader amongst yourself. So I feel like he is part of the, the, his brother, the brotherhood that he's kind of create. But at the same time, he has to still be the leader because these are men, these are boys among, and he's the man, if that makes sense. Like even in the military, you know, you have all your sergeants, but you have that one lieutenant leading that, that squadron. So he might be the leader of them, but he can still be one of the guys, if that makes sense. So I kind of have to disagree with that. And I don't, um, we'll get into episode 10, but I don't think he set them up to die necessarily because he thought they had one. Frank was down. Well, here's the thing. So that's what I originally thought the first time I watched it. When I watched it again, you know, we know at that point that Billy's plan is to have Frank, you know, accidentally kill some civilians. So he, Frank would have never gotten to that point if Billy hadn't known that Frank would, you know, get back up and basically, you know, slaughter those guys. Because I know Frank, I know Billy wanted Frank to suffer and he wanted his guys to, you know, beat him pretty hard. But he leaves and I, I don't know, it seemed like Billy was kind of prepared for Frank to get back up and keep moving because it was Dumont's whole plan to uh, basically, you know, have Frank, you know, kill innocent people. So that's basically where I'm coming from. I can see your point, but it, it felt like. Billy's mostly out for Billy, I guess, if that makes a little bit more sense. Well, of course, yeah, Billy's going to be out for Billy. Um, but I do think that, like I said, we're going to get into episode 10. But I think that was part of plan B, or like, you know, the primary one was to get Frank down. And then if that was to happen, because I don't think Billy's intentions were to kill his guys. Like, he had just told them all, we're going to be gods, we run the city kind of shit. Yeah, but he had said that to like the previous guys, and he ended up shooting that not not the Anvil guys, but I'm talking about the uh, the bank robbery. You know, the guys that had set it up, and you know, the guy that was working as a cashier. Yeah, but that guy kept guy, you know, like doubting Billy. I guess so. It seemed it seemed kind of impulsive, but I I can see what you're saying. I think Billy's yeah, I, I'm yeah, well, Billy's impulsive. Billy's greed and you know just his selfishness. But yeah, I don't think. Valhalla will will stand for very long, and I think he would easily push them to the side to save himself. But oh, maybe, of course he will. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can agree uh, on that then. But it may not be necessary. That may not be where we're going. 
the last point in episode eight, I just wanted to bring up. Um, Frank was alone at the end of the episode. Curtis, Amy, Madani were all in the trailer. You know, you know, they were all kind of upset with Frank in their own retrospect. Like, uh, Amy was upset because she had left there. Curtis was upset because, uh, I don't know why Curtis was up just because probably because of Frank's attitude. And Madani was upset because she was put in this awkward position. Uh, I felt like this is the first time, like this is not a climax of the season, but it's part of the climax of the season where Frank is up against the wall. You know, he has the Russians after him. He has John Pilgrim. He has Billy after him. And instead of his friends kind of rallying around him, or not even his friends, but like people that he trusts most at this time, the people that are supposed to be in his corner, you know, rallying around Frank, they all kind of, you know, went to the other side of the ring because they were upset with him. And, I thought it was like, because this is going to lead into episode nine, but I felt like, I felt bad, generally bad for Frank because at this time he didn't have anybody but his, you know, dead wife who he had went to go see his, her grave. Yeah, I I think he kind of did it to himself a, a little bit there just because he had lost his shit uh, leading up to that. You know, uh, Curtis had to pull Frank off of Jake because Frank was just going crazy. You know, Frank got, you know, really harsh on Amy when she was just kind of playing around. And yeah, yeah and of course, Madani's been, you know, you know, on the fence for quite a while. So I think that's, I think Frank knew that too. That's why he ultimately went to go get some perspective by sitting near his, his wife's grave. Um, and you're right, this does lead into episode nine. So uh, we'll probably uh, talk about real, this real quick. Leading into it. Oh, I'm, I'm you, oh, go ahead. You, you, you touched on a point. Amy was kind of messing around. I don't think Amy was messing around. Cut out for a second. Could you repeat that? Oh, I don't think I don't think Amy was messing around or joking around. I feel like she had been practicing that move that Frank sh- sh- uh, taught her, and she kind of wanted to test it out to see, like, so he would be proud of her. Yeah, no, I, I don't I, think she was like. Okay, okay. I, mean, okay. I, just, I think it was like playful, but also like I want to show you what I've learned, kind of thing. It was just horrible timing because Frank is. Yeah. Totally on edge. Oh, okay. I agree. Um, so that leads us into episode nine. Uh, what do you want to start with episode nine? So pretty much piggybacking off of that note was, um, so after Frank goes and gets perspective and, you know, he sits down. Also, I want to point out that Amy was still pretty loyal to Frank. I was surprised because she, you know, as soon as Frank comes up, Amy's immediately like, hey, they're talking about handing you to the cops and all this you know she's especially madani yeah exactly so i was surprised by that and i was you know proud of amy for sticking with with frank on that but yeah i was also thinking you know it seemed like kind of a mellow moment you know kind of like one of those soul searching moments where you know frank's got to kind of own up and but it didn't exactly go that way it ended up being something like um it, I don't know, he kind of embraced the fact that everything's, uh, you know, about him. I was expecting him to maybe talk more about the team, but he kind of just said, hey, you know, I know what I'm supposed to be, let me be me, basically referring to I'm the Punisher now, and he's like fully acknowledging that, which was really cool to me because uh, it's been a little while since we've fully gotten him into that mindset to where... Um, I am the Punisher. It seemed like they had that, like, towards the end of season one, you know, when he was, like, 
you know, in his memory or hallucination. In his prime. Why, saying bye to his wife and all of that and saying like, oh yeah, I've always been this way. So it, it kind of, I don't know, it feels like took a few steps backwards and now we're, we're back there again to where he's embracing it. But I'm just glad that we're there. But that was kind of my main point is just him taking on the Punisher mantle again. Um, yeah, I have to, I agree with that. Uh, I do want to, I do want to commend Amy, like you said, first, definitely sticking with Frank, you know, Sam and Donnie's going to sell him out. Curtis did freak out on, uh, Frank saying he he was out of line, but you're right. It was nice to see Frank kind of admit that he is the Punisher. This is, you know, what he wants. Uh, cause at the end of the day, this, I think that is what Frank wants. Frank wants to be the Punisher. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, owning up to that. It, it felt very much like in these moments and in TV shows, they all just kind of, I don't know, come together as a group or, I don't know, it's like more uniting. Like we see that in Daredevil where like, you know, like Daredevil will be taking a lot of shit from Karen and Foggy and then he kind of has to like apologize a little bit and they team up. Where this felt more like Frank's like, I'm not apologizing for anything. This is who I am, you know. You're either with me or not. So, so um, real quick, I saw something on YouTube. I'm not going to tell you unless you want me to tell you. But it is a little bit of slip slipage for episode 11 that's coming up. Yeah, I don't want. Uh, I just, I'm just going to tell you the next podcast. I'm going to be salty. Oh, actually, I know exactly what you're talking about because I saw the thumbnail for episode 11. Yeah, what is it? It's that freaking Karen's going to be in it. Yeah, fuck, you're so right. I saw it. I saw the thumbnail on YouTube. Said like episode 11. Uh, oh, you mean speak Netflix? about Daredevil. Huh? You mean uh, like Netflix? Yeah, no, no, no. I was on YouTube like scrolling oh, through my okay. subscription. Oh, I saw the thumbnail on, on Netflix. Like just No, I saw it on YouTube. This episode. And it said season two, episode 11, speak about Daredevil. And I'm like, why is Karen on here? Thought I was getting away from that bitch. I wish they would just put Daredevil in. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, was, I had honestly expected to see her much earlier, so I don't know what exactly her her do. I, I thought I, we were we had gotten this far, and I thought I was like the, I thought we were scot free. So did I, but we we should have known better. I wasn't I surprised, know. just a little bit disappointed. Maybe it's small. Who knows? I'm very disappointed. Um, but <laughs> speaking of disappointment, let's talk about John because John. Uh, he goes to the bar and he meets. Uh, I won't assume he's a younger guy, but I, I thought it was the bar owner. And uh, I thought this was this is a very small scene, but it was a very important scene. Uh, as soon as he uh, John left because he stuck the bounty on Frank and Amy, if you remember, right. And as soon as he left, the guy gets on the phone and goes, "Hey, you'll never believe who was here." And it was just like that little small glimpse is going to lead to so much more about John's like history and you know how he became john pilgrim yeah um, do you want to talk about uh his backstory a little bit now or yeah let's get into his backstory yeah so yeah so eventually we see pilgrim you know talking with uh i'm assuming the bar owner let's just say like the gang leader or whatever the don yeah yeah there you go that'll work so and yes yeah, so we finally learn a little bit about pilgrim um and essentially from what i got is it seemed like Pilgrim's he wasn't a great guy and I think he was an enforcer or something. Yeah, that's what I got guy. too. It seems like he was like their main, you know, their enforcer. heavy hitter. Yeah. So and 
the guy I, I you know I didn't get his name but we'll just call him the Don. Yeah. Um he says that Pilgrim went to go make a buy so Pilgrim had you know a lot of money on him and apparently just never came back. Now I'll I would trust John as to how he said it happened, you know, the alternator on his truck died. So Oh, absolutely. When he said that, I was like cuz John's he's a priest now. He's a truthful guy. Yeah, and the way his story ends makes me uh, believe, you know, that this definitely led him to where he's at now. Mostly because, so he says he, yeah, the alternator dies. He goes to, you know, basically after a little while he goes to this bar. And he says the guy didn't like his tattoos or his politics. So I'm guessing it's probably like a a rival gang. And so uh, John ends up killing the guy, but the cops still arrest him. And it sounds like, he doesn't say specifically... But he said that he was where he was meant to be, like it was fate and all that, because who came, the person who came to get him. Schultz. I'm assuming it's one of the Schultzes. And yeah. he says, like, together, these like we're going to rewrite history and all that sort of stuff. So it sounds like that's what happened is, is, is how that uh, went, and that was about, what, 12 years ago, I think they said. So it makes sense, because if he thought, you know, his life was done, he was in jail and all that, and then he gets saved by these, you know, very powerful people. He would take that as fate, and he, you know, obviously runs with it and becomes very religious, uh, religious like air quotes. But um, yeah, what do you think about uh, Pilgrim's backstory, or do you have anything to add? No, you hit, you touched everything on Pilgrim's backstory. But uh, when that one, the Don pulled up, I saw it was a cross, but the cross kind of looked like a Nazi symbol at the same time. Uh, it did. It, did it you- wasn't though. Okay, okay, it wasn't a SWAT sticker. Okay. No, no, so, it wasn't a SWAT sticker. But um then after that they wanted they proceeded to attack John and John looked like he wasn't gonna fight back at first. And then all of a sudden he just started fighting back. And the editing and cinematography was just amazing for this scene because it, I think it was a well choreographed scene and the editing because basically you see them like do something to him and then you see him kind of healing himself or like taking care of himself. So um, they broke his jaw and you see him resetting his jaw and they, he headbutted somebody and then you see him taking the teeth out of the head and, um, one person cut him like in his rib area and you see him kind of, you know, ta- uh, kind of taping the sheets to his, uh, his, ch- his, st- his side. So, um, but then after that, we just see John spiral. He, I don't know if you watch Jersey Shore. Do you watch Jersey Shore? I used to. Um, so now on Jersey Shore, Snooky and Ronnie just drink. Wait, and you they call it's Jersey Shore is going again? Yeah, yeah. It's called Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And But when Ronnie and Snooky just drink, uh, they go they go at like 11 in the morning and they just start drinking and they call themselves the Spiral Squad. That's what John joined today. John joined the Spiral Squad because he was doing coke and he was drinking some dark liquor. He was doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and I think um, oh, I just want to mention. I don't know if it matters or not. I think we're talking a little bit into episode ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. But, um, but yeah, I, while we're on the topic, so first I'll touch on that that fight scene. I, I loved it as well. I thought this was great. Just the the brutality of it, and I love the editing of as you were mentioning the way that you know we would see him headbutt a guy, and then he would be pulling teeth out later at his hotel. Made me uh, really feel the damage he was taking. And, you know, you, you felt a lot of pain as you were watching it go through. 
but I would say, I'm sorry, I'm not sure where I was going with this. It was, it was just a really impressive scene. And we can see essentially maybe why he spirals, as you put it, because, you know, just all the pain, he's looking for something to, you know, kind of stop that. Because at the end of the fight, we see him, you know, put his hat on, but he grabs the bottle of, of whiskey. I, I'm not sure what alcohol it was. But before the fight, we saw him pushing the glass away from him. So yeah, definitely watching him spiral. I think it's very, it's very, I wasn't expecting him to go this route. Um, you know, the alcohol and then the drugs. I mean, he just, he, yeah, he went like, and the prostitutes later on the prostitutes. I mean, it's, it's intense because this whole thing has been about Pilgrim and his family and, you know, he's doing everything so he can get back to her, his wife, to his wife and his kids, his wife's dying. So, and he's, you know, holds himself up to such a high standard and, you know, talks down on those that sin so much that to see him go this far is, it's going to be interesting to see where this takes him like in a psychological way. And to see him try and come back up from this. I don't because know if he will. Schultz, Do you think that he will? Well, he has to because once he sees the Schultz again, I'm sure they're not. They're going to be in the, at least one of the last three episodes. They're going to see him. They're going to be like, you know, John looks like you've kind of fallen off the wagon again. You know, uh, we have to cleanse you or something. You know, I don't know what they're going to say, but you know, something. I feel like to that effect. Maybe I'm more interested in how his family is going to react. Like do you, well, because the phone, the phone's still ringing. His wife's probably dead. No, I, I'm assuming it's just his wife calling to like just say something, like to talk to him. Well, we haven't seen his wife contact him while he's been out on his missions yet. Well, yeah, it was just kind of, I mean, uh, I guess inferred just by the phone ringing. We don't know who it was. I can see what you're saying. Maybe somebody's calling him to say, "Hey, you know, she's dead," and maybe that's what kind of pushes him. Is he's like, "I don't want to answer this phone and hear about it." So I, I could see your point um, that way. I mean, that could very well be it. I took it as just she's reaching out to him and he's ashamed and doesn't want to speak to her in the state. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see which way it ends up going. But yeah, he's a pilgrim. This was probably one of the most interesting things to me. The These three episodes was just what all's going on with him and seeing him spiral out. And he does talk about, um, you know, living with the shame and all of that. It seems like he's accepting yeah. things pretty quickly in his drunken state, you know, while he's getting blown by the prostitute. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was kind of preaching happened. to her, too. Wait, what? He was preaching to her also. Yeah, he was off on a rant. So, at least he didn't kill them. I don't know if he killed that dude. Yeah, I don't know that either. He just had the gun to him, but. Um, but yeah, jumping back to episode eight, I know we kind of got off. Fin- yeah, nine. Excuse me, you're right. And start talking about Pilgrim. Um, what do you think was another important scene that uh, from episode nine? Uh, let's see. So, oh, um, sorry. Th- there's a few different ones uh, that I want to talk about. So, uh, we we touched on this a little bit before. I'm sorry. I'm I'm deciding which one I want to talk about. Let's talk about uh with Pilgrim still. Um, basically his conversation with Schultz as they are uh, like golfing. So I just wanted to see what you thought about it. But um, you know this is before Pilgrim 
you know, start spiraling out. Yeah. It's it to me what this felt a lot like is that um the Schultzes are kind of like puppet masters and they're just really using Pilgrim as a tool, essentially. Because he talks like this big thing about, oh, you need to, you know, I just want you to be uh, back as quickly as possible to see your family and all of that. When really, you can tell he just has his own agenda, um, especially when we see Schultz later talking to his son, David. Um, uh, what did you think about that scene, Tyler? No, I agree. And he even, I agree with what you said. He even used, you know, how like, you know, as men, sometimes we have to do, you know, things that we don't want to do. I think he, he didn't, that wasn't a quote, but that's like summarizes kind of what he's saying. And he's saying, you know, the quicker you finish the task at hand, you know, the quicker you, uh, you know, do whatever you get back to the house. And then, um, that's when Schultz put the $5 million bounty on Frank and Amy. And, uh, I think this could have probably added on to the effect of why Pilgrim spiraled because he, um, he, uh, when Schultz said, you know, put the $5 million bounty, he's like, well, you don't think I can complete the task? He goes, you know, you've had your opportunity. So maybe he feels like he's failed them in a, another sin in his book. Yeah, I'm assuming Pilgrim just feels like he owes too much, like he's indebted to them too much, and he knows how powerful they are, or at least that's what we're what we're learning. So, yeah, I, I think that's where he's at. Also, I, I think the Schultz's... I say they use him as a tool because it seems like he, uh, Anderson Schultz is his name. He's putting him in a lot of danger by sending John Pilgrim back to these, back to this gang that you know would definitely want him killed. So I don't know if he just doesn't, if Schultz just doesn't care, or he just knows how good John is that he just doesn't have any kind of worries about it. Um, well, what if he doesn't know that's the gang that John was a part of? I, I'm assuming he must know, just because if we're to believe that, you know, one of these Schultzes or whoever came to get John 12 years ago out of that jail, they must know about him and know what he can do and his skill set. And I would assume that they had, like, done their homework and knew what he was a part of. So, and... Yeah, I, that's what I'm basing this off of, is I'm assuming the Schultzes know quite a bit of what's going on with him. So it just seems like a risky maneuver. I mean, we don't know the extent of John's, uh, I don't know, skill set or history. Like, we don't know if he's been in the military. We don't know how he got to be as good as he is, because we'll, we'll talk about it later, because I think there are quite a few similarities between Pilgrim and Frank. And one of those is... Uh, it's. I feel like we're seeing Pilgrim as kind of like a one-man army, similar to Frank. Uh, do you feel yeah. like that too? Yeah. No, I agree. He is. I think Frank's better at it, but they are definitely both one-man armies. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I, I think they're ultimately two sides of the same coin, which we'll get into probably a little bit more. But yeah, I I wonder if Pilgrim is going to stick with the Schultzes, or I don't know if this spiraling out might change his perspective on things and what exactly he wants to do. Cause we also know the Schultzes aren't filling him in on um, like the picture. So John doesn't know anything about uh, David Schultz. So I don't know if that has any kind of issues. I don't know if John, if John cares as much, but we hear him ask about the pictures and Anderson 
brushes it off. Oh, I, I didn't catch that, actually. That's a nice catch. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know if he's eventually going to get to a point where he feels like he's just a tool. And I don't know. I don't know that he would necessarily go against them or he might just do his own thing because we know the Schultzes are so powerful. I'm interested to see where they yeah. go because this whole time we've been thinking, well, first off, obviously, like Billy Jigsaw is going to be a villain, but also John Pilgrim. But now this whole like organization the Schultzes have built, they're kind of a villain too, but we haven't really talked much about them and what's going on with them. So, No, you're well, I mean, they're kind of people that's been in the shadows. We haven't seen much of them. We see like a scene in episode one, a scene in episode three, you know, episode nine, we get another scene. So it's not like we've got to like, you know, look at them and see who they are or anything. We just keep getting like quick glances at them. Do you think Frank would ultimately find out and maybe go after them next? Like, do you think that could be what they would be saying? Yeah, I, I, I do. He does know who the Schultzes are because remember he said, you know, uh, that Russian dude kind of told him about the Schultz and the gay son. So he does know who the Schultz are. Right. Yeah. I just don't know if he'll get to them this season. Like, it seems like um, he's got too much on his plate with just with Jigsaw and with Pilgrim. So, oh, yeah. That's, 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 that's I mean, a good point. They haven't good canceled point. Punisher yet. I'm still banking on that they are going to do that. But um, yeah, I don't know if maybe the idea originally was to set up. Like the Schultz's season, yeah, like a season, season three. three as the Schultz's. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that, that'd be a cool idea. If, you know, I I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I know. I mean, but like, you know, even the showrunners talked about season three. Maybe we shouldn't dive too much into it. But I mean, it could, it yeah, could make sense if they're it. incorporating because uh, showrunner talked about incorporating Daredevil and Fisk in there. So, I don't know. I could, I could see those all intertwining with such a big, powerful organization, but that probably is um, moving a little too far. But um, do you have another point, Tyler, you want to discuss? Um, the only other point that I have is the very last scene. So I'll let you, do you have another one? Because the, uh, the last scene is the other point that I thought was very important. The last scene of episode nine. Um, so just, a, let's say, like a smaller one. Uh, just that Curtis is able to get the vets back on his side. I didn't think about it before when he was, you know, with Frank going after Jake, that that would look pretty bad on Curtis since he's supposed to be like the guy supporting these guys and helping them out. So I like that we get to see Curtis kind of stand up to him and say, Hey, you know, I'm here. This is what's, this is what happened. This is why I did what I did. And so now it feels like maybe they have a little bit of a smaller, more subtle team on their side. Uh, Frank and Curtis do with these additional vets from yeah. the support group, which we see, you know, the vets help them find where one Billy's hideout is. Yeah. But I wonder if we'll see them more as uh, the next few seasons go on. Um, You mean like episodes, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Episodes. <laughs> like seasons. Whoa, you're getting ahead I'm, of yourself. I'm getting optimistic. I'm hoping there's more seasons. Um, But I do, I, I don't think we're going to see much more of them except for like a spot here and there. Uh, just because, um, I don't see a bigger role they can play. You know, Curtis did use them, uh, you know, to not use them as in a negative way, but use them to kind of find out where Billy is. We saw the one heavy set one with the bald head with the full beard, um, urinate on the, uh, the fence and, you know, kind of figure out where they are. 
But other than that, I don't see much, you know, use for them. Oh, absolutely. I think they would just be, you know, like the eyes on the street or something. Yeah, that's and that's eyes. all they, I think it would be. Yeah, exactly. But so they may be something more. I just, I don't know if they're one and done. But um, just wanted to point that out too, that, you know, they do have some people on their side. And um, also, I think another big scene or one of the scenes that I enjoyed a lot was when Amy runs away and, you know, Frank ends up coming to save her in that uh, yeah. in that apartment complex. So uh, it's notable to me just because, first off, it was just a really cool scene, but also we get to see Amy use the move. Yeah, she t- uses the lessons that she's learned from Frank to disarm the guy and then shoot the guy. Which also one of my favorite lines was was when Frank's trying to calm her down, and she's like, "Oh, he's like, you didn't kill him, I did." Yeah, like, watch, look, I I killed him. Yeah, yeah, I love that because that probably did relax her a little bit. I I don't think you said it did relax her. Yeah, I think so. She didn't kill him; she just shot him. I don't think it relaxed her because she was still like on the street, like kind of freaking out. She was better towards the end of the episode, like as they're walking towards the trailer. Yeah, yeah, towards the end of the episode, and I think she's better. As the like next episode goes on, or do we we saw do we see Amy in episode ten? No, we did not. Okay, but she seemed better to me at the end of episode. At the end of episode nine, yeah. But I just thought that was hilarious too. I I did enjoy that scene. Do you think uh, Amy will be more uh, likely to get behind a gun again? Um, I don't know. That's a great question because she did shoot the guy and you know, it kind of, it shook her. So I don't know. Well, I think it has to be like a life or death situation before we see Amy behind a gun again. I don't think she's just going to, I mean, don't get me wrong. That was probably a life or death situation as well, but I don't see her just getting behind a gun again. Yeah. I, I would say I could, I could see her doing it. I mean, we saw her nearly blow Curtis's head off. But that was, that was like, yeah, that was different. That was before that. But it and that was like self defense. Like this one, this one was this one was self defense as well. But that one was like she she was looking at the guy when she shot him. Like it's different looking at somebody and shooting them and like shooting somebody through a wall. Oh, I totally agree. My point is just that she's getting more comfortable. And Frank has always said it's easier after like the first time, or it gets like easier every time. So yeah, I'm just gonna assume that it may be like I'm not expecting Amy to go like Punisher two on anybody i'm just saying no 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 meter she may be you know a little bit more of a useful backup just kind of running and hiding so i think well that's what i'm expecting it could be different but um yeah i'm hoping to see more of amy in these next few episodes because yeah i don't think she was in episode 10 at all yeah i don't remember episode 10 at all like you said i um yeah she wasn't she couldn't have been in episode 10 what was um what was your last point for episode nine? The, the last point was Frank was talking to Amy and, uh, you know, she was kind of telling him like, you don't want to, I, I don't want you to die. And he, you know, he said like, I'm not the one who dies. I'm the one who does the killing. And I thought that was just a strong line because like it shows like at the beginning of the episode, he kind of, like we were saying, he, uh, he came back to that alter ego of just being the punisher. And that I felt like solidified, you know, that, yeah, I am the punisher. Like, I'll kill a motherfucker who comes my way if I have to. Yeah, I really hope this mentality holds. Just because it seems like this can kind of, you know, tread back a little bit. Or sometimes yeah. adaptations of The Punisher tend to do that. I mean, we've seen it a little bit in this show. Um, I would say 
it, I don't know. It just seems kind of hard to always cement Frank in like the Punisher mentality. But I think also during this scene, he mentions to Amy that every time he tries to, you know, change his lifestyle to like maybe like a happier one, innocent people start to get hurt. You know, I'm re- assuming maybe um, Beth was her name. So it it seems like yeah, maybe yeah. the mindset he is in is he's like okay well if i try to you know live a normal life again people are just going to get killed again and it's just going to be this repetition so yeah i would say he's probably cemented uh, in that mindset now so and i look forward um, to that what well, kind of I, I see him take quite a logical hit go ahead sorry i do look forward to that too because i have been wanting to see him become the punisher this is what we want to see we didn't want to see Excuse me. We didn't want to see him, you know, falling in love with Beth. We want to see him alone. We want to see him gritty. We want to see him, you know, being so tactical that he outtacks everybody. And, like, we want to see him wall banging, you know, shooting people like we saw, you know, in episode uh, eight, hunting Billy. You know what I mean? Like, this is what we want to see. And uh, I think in episode 10, it's kind of, you know, we see we see that kind of side of Frank that we want to see. And so I, uh, I hope this is an alter ego that he does kind of, uh, you know, take on. Yeah, I agree too. My only concern is at the end of episode 10, it seems like we might be taking another step backwards just because, you know, Oh, go ahead. I, I agree with that. What I meant is like, watching the the compound for days on days before attacking it like knowing the routine that's that's what i meant oh i got you okay yeah i was talking more like the psychological aspect but um i'll yeah that when we get a little bit closer to that part um do you want to start talking episode 10 yeah so as i just said he had been watching the compound for days which is the first point that i actually want to talk about um i i really want to know how many days they were watching this compound Billy and Curtis, excuse me, Frank and Curtis, they were sitting on top of a roof, you know, with a, a sniper, kind of just, you know, looking at, at you know, people come and go. Uh, and um, Curtis even at one point was saying how, you know, uh, the girls come in, they leave at midnight, the guys continue partying until about two and then they pass out. So, like, I just felt like, you know, with that being said, they had been watching the, the whole compound for days. Um, and as they're watching the compound, Kurt, excuse me, Billy is on a whole other roof watching them through some kind of scope. Yeah, Billy. And yeah, and if Billy could do that, my, I, I wonder why Billy didn't just kill Frank at that time. Why did he have to, you know, watch him? Why did he want to mentally break Frank? Right. I thought that too. I was like, okay, so Billy could just take him out right now if he wanted to. But it's, um, I mean, it's ultimately because you know Frank left. Billy alive to suffer. So Billy's wanting to do the same in return. I think he even, uh, Billy even said that to Dumont at some point as he wanted to do the same thing that Frank did to him. So it, it makes sense now why, why he's just trying to play Frank, which is interesting because you would usually expect Billy and Frank to go head to head, you know, aggressively in like a shootout, which I guess they did in season one, but we see, Billy taking more of a psychological approach. Yeah. And a tactical approach too. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he would be doing this if he wasn't, you know, essentially teamed up with Dr. Dumont. Do you you think that too? 
Oh, no, I completely agree. I do think he would have tried to find a way to break Frank, but I don't think he would have done it psychologically. Because um, I'm sure it's going to be one of our points later on this episode how Dumont and Madani's conversation has gone. So I think uh, because I, I don't know if it was episode eight or nine, we didn't discuss this, but Frank uh, Billy was saying, you know, how come Frank didn't just kill me? If I did all this, why didn't he just kill me? Like he could have at least had the courtesy to kill me. He couldn't have tortured me like this. This is, this isn't like, that's not Frank. This isn't what we do. And so I think, you know, with that being said, now he wants to kind of seek revenge and not just kill Frank. He wants to torture him. Like he's been tortured. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And if Dumont hadn't, you know, been giving Billy strategies, let's say. Um, I think we would have, it still would have maybe gone the same way, but I think it would have been to where Billy would have set the same trap, you know, for Frank to get into. But then when Frank got back up from the beating, I think he would have been, uh, Billy would have been less prepared and probably would have just ran. So maybe it would have ended a little bit differently, but somewhat. The- I mean, that is what he did though when he got out of the tunnel. Yeah, I just think... Billy intentionally, I, I still stand by that Billy wanted Frank to get out and, you know, accidentally kill those innocent people. It just seemed, it just seemed very planned out. Um, I mean, although a little frantic, I, I will admit. But yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I guess it's, that's kind of up for debate, Billy's exact intentions. It just seems like after his conversation with Dumont, Billy's conversation with Dumont, that that was the like main thing was they were trying to get Frank on the same, you know, broken level as Billy. Do you think he's on that, on that level now? Absolutely. So I've been saying, you know, um, Oh, maybe Frank's taking a step back from this Punisher role, you know, after the end of episode 10, I do just want to put out there. I love the way that this episode ended because it opens up, you know, a different side of, of Frank that hasn't, at least not in like movies and TV, we haven't seen that touched on a whole lot is, you know, you know, who punishes the Punisher. I know it was brought up in Punisher Warzone, that older movie that's does hasn't hold up very it's well. Ray Stevens, yeah. Yeah, the Ray original Jigsaw. Yeah, it's um yeah, it's not very good if you try to go watch it again. It's pretty rough. But they did bring that up because in the movie, uh the Punisher accidentally, you know, shoots an undercover cop at one of the gangs. So but it just kind of seemed like in the movie they just kind of brush it off, like, oh, it was an accident and all that. But you can see it's really damaging Frank here um, when he accidentally shoots these girls. So I'm really interested to see where they take this and where they take Frank's psyche with that. You know, how does he come back from that? And we only have three episodes to go, so he's going to figure it out. He's got to figure it out quick. So I don't know. I mean, my thought process would still be that it was Billy that, you know, set them up to die. He, he essentially killed them. But, yeah, that's... I don't know. What do you think, Tyler? Uh, I agree. I think that's how he's going to have to look at it. Because, yeah, he didn't, unfortunately, pull the trigger. But, you know, Billy did make them stand there. Billy did bring them to the place, make them see, like, you know, they're going there for a party not to die. So, I think um, Frank's going to have to snap out of it quickly. You know, I think... He's going to kind of probably fight with his demons for the first 20 minutes of the episode until he kind of snaps out of it. Um, what if Madani comes to his rescue and kind of, you know, snaps him out of it, slaps him a few times, 
and uh, brings him, makes him see the light of day so that he can uh, get back on track. Usually Curtis is that person who brings him back, you know, to solid ground, showing him the way that he needs to, like, Curtis is kind of like his, uh, for lack of a better term, North, North Star, like we used back with Daredevil. Curtis is kind of like the angel on his shoulder, but what if it's Madani to bring him back to say like, hey, you know, you have a job to do. You haven't finished Billy yet. Get back up. You know, this isn't a pity party. Do you think Madani could do that or will do that? I think you're absolutely right. That was what I was thinking as well as it will be Madani because we've seen Madani, you know, essentially choose her side. I would say, you know, we, we haven't talked a whole lot about the scene with uh, Madani and Dumont talking about Russo and Frank, but it seems like Madani is more on the side of Frank and defending him and talking about like how he's a good guy and basically how Billy should probably be killed. So I think she's picked her side. And I think if Madani ends up finding Frank again and Frank's in like this very broken state, she's going to have to be like, Hey, you know, I'm sacrificing everything. I've picked up your side, you know, you, you need to get back onto it. The, the issue is going to be, well, also not the issue, but I think Madani is likely to help Frank because it seems like the cops have got Frank now, judging by the end yeah. where, where they show up. So usually Madani's his get out of jail free card. So, Do you think she's willing to put her career at risk again for him? Well, I don't know if it'll necessarily just be her because, you know, like Rafi and the other Homeland people have basically swept this under the rug, so... I don't know if this is going to be an issue. The issue is going to be Mahoney. Mahoney's going to be the the pain in the ass here again. Is he's going to want to bring all this to light and you know dig up all the old dirt? So that's what I'm assuming. But I think you're right. I think Madani's going to be the one to maybe get Frank's head on right because Curtis is Curtis is pretty broken too now because. Because he couldn't save that one guy on the roof, and he had to kill a vet. Yeah, and you know when I was first watching. Curtis, you know, sniping from that building, I was like, wow, Curtis is a real terrible shot because he was missing everybody. But then it, you know, after a while it dawned on me, Curtis isn't like Frank. He's intentionally trying to avoid these guys. He doesn't want to hurt them. He doesn't want to kill them. And it's not until his life is on the line that he ends up, you know, shooting at like, them. but he's still taking like non-lethal Frank. shots. Yeah. He's shooting at their leg, you know, just trying to scare them off. So, and then he tries to save the guy that he shot, you know, only Curtis would do that but he's still not able to save the guy. So I think his headspace is not good anymore either because he just, you know, killed someone. And, so. you know, uh, Frank said something really powerful on the roof. You know, while me and Billy were training to kill people, you were training to heal them and put them back together. So I think that was a purpose, uh, a line that was placed in that episode on purpose just because he did, he couldn't put that guy back together. He couldn't fix him up. Yeah, exactly. So Punisher team is in a pretty broken spot right now and in a pretty bad spot. I'm I don't know if Curtis got picked up by the cops either. I know we saw Frank get captured. Well, we haven't seen him get captured, but I mean it's it's not we, we're going to assume I'm, I'm assuming Frank I think it's gave himself up at that point cuz he's like, "Okay, well, I'm yeah. an innocent person." I think it's safe to say that uh I think uh Curtis will be, you know, We'll get out of it. I think they're going to be like, oh, we got the Punisher. You know, we finally got that motherfucker. And uh, they'll let Curtis go. They won't even think that he's there kind of thing. Maybe. I mean, Mahoney's still got 
he's still looking for Frank's blank a big black guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know who called the cops. I'm assuming it was probably Dumont or Billy or somebody. It had to be that one of them. Set that up. So, because if it was Mahoney or if like somebody had tipped Mahoney off, he'd be looking for uh, Curtis. Yeah, he still might be. So, I'm not too sure. But yeah, it'll be interesting because we've already seen Frank locked up in jail this season for a little bit, and it was kind of one of the duller episodes in my opinion. But so I don't know. I don't know. It'll this whole thing about Frank being swept under the rug by the FBI has been like a reoccurring topic. So I'm, I'm assuming they'll just let him out. They'll probably. Uh, I don't think they can let him. I mean, first off, she's Homeland, not FBI. And, uh, but I don't think she can just let him out. Like again, because remember she told Ralphie that he's not there. And she told, uh, that CIA lady, you know, um, about that. The CIA lady, remember she said that, you know, let Billy and Frank kill himself. But, Ralphie, you know, is under the impression that uh, Frank isn't there. So I'm not too sure Ralphie will be okay with her just kind of, you know, grabbing Frank out of NYPD. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got to get out somehow pretty quick, right? I mean, we can't spend the next couple episodes of Frank in jail. Unless he does a prison break. Yeah, I mean, he could, but it's just, I mean, we've seen that twice now. You know, we saw it in Daredevil. We saw it. In, uh, he didn't. He didn't escape in Daredevil. He was let out. He escaped. He with basically with Fisk. I mean, he he wasn't. He escaped. He walked out. Yeah, but it was basically an escape because he. That's what they crowned it. But if you walk straight out of prison, my dude, it's not an escape. It is if they're still chasing after Unless you. Unless it's white collar. But this is probably not relevant. But I'm just saying. You know, we've we've seen this happen a few times. It's it's one thing if he gets himself locked up on in, on purpose to like go hunt somebody, but just the cops always catching him and like putting him in jail. He's got to break out or something. I don't know. It's and, you know, it's not repetitive again. And I hope we don't spend a whole lot of time in there. I don't you, know. Maybe this episode will be like the best thing. It'll be super awesome. I don't know. That that brings up a good point. Like when have we? When is the Punisher supposed to be caught by the like the NYPD or the FBI or Homeland? Like, the Punisher's always supposed to be, like, one or two steps ahead of everybody. That's what makes him so, like, great at what he does. You know, he doesn't have a power. He is essentially the Marvel's version of Batman being so thought out. Well, it kind of goes back to, remember that uh, three-card Monty thing that Amy and Punisher were doing? Yeah. I think this is Frank getting tricked again, you know. He's, he's you know, in a firefight, Frank is has the upper hand tactically. But yeah, in like a, a mind game where he's being set up, he not so much. So I don't know. I mean, also, if Billy's trying to get revenge on Frank, having Frank just locked up in jail forever, I don't think is necessarily what he was going for. So no, Billy's going to Billy knows he's going to get out. Also, Pilgrim. Oh, oh, I totally forgot about this. Schultz mentioned to Pilgrim while they were golfing that um, Schultz is nervous that Amy or Frank will get taken to jail because then they might use that leverage of the photos or like the feds might use that leverage of the photos. So I wonder if maybe Pilgrim's going to have to have to break Frank out or something along those lines. Nah, I don't see that happening. I mean, they're going to have to, if Schultz is wanting 
them to not speak up about this and for those pictures not to come to light. And he's stated not wanting them to go to jail. I, I think that's going to be the next route is maybe Pilgrim has to intercept them or no, I think Pilgrim's spiraling too hard. I'm just saying I'm a storytelling perspective and like from like a script writing thing, they've, they've set that up to where that's going to be. That's going to be something I'm assuming. I I agree. Totally disagree. No, no, I agree. I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't think it's set up for John Pilgrim to come and save the day. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know how that's, what's going to happen exactly, but I can't imagine. I think the Schultzes are going to have to step in in some capacity here because he's so paranoid about it. So yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, uh, especially with Pilgrim being, you know, in a terrible mindset as well. So jumping back into episode 10, I think the next big conversation is kind of Madani and uh, and Dr. Dumont's talk. Because basically we get like little portions throughout the entire episode. But uh, it started off, you know, uh, I for- Madani went over to Dumont's. I forget who called who. I don't think that's even important. Um, but I uh, I thought that was going on while they were kind of watching. I didn't realize that this had been like pre-planned. My girlfriend actually, Christina, my girlfriend, she actually thought, caught it and uh, spotted out just. And so, uh, I didn't realize that I thought that, um, they were both kind of secretly interviewing each other, if that makes sense, which we do find out that Dr. Dumont was interviewing or kind of, you know, uh, not interviewing, but, uh, what's that word with the cops kind oh, of, interrogating? uh, interrogating. Yes. They're interrogating each other. Dumont was actually interrogating, uh, Madani and, I thought Madani would kind of find evidence in the house to see that Billy had been living there, which I don't think she did. Um, because remember she, you know, it showed her looking in the kitchen while Dumont was pouring wine and then she's looking at Dumont's degrees. Hmm? And so I thought that, uh, you know, she was going to kind of see something, but she ended up not seeing anything. And this is what kind of led to the fold of, uh, Frank's how Billy broke Frank it was Dumont's plan like you mentioned earlier but I thought that was such an important scene just because you know like this is the second time now that Madani has been outwitted by a villain or an antagonist in the show yeah yeah Madani's definitely not on her game as much I mean she wouldn't know to think that Billy was staying there necessarily because there hasn't really been the evidence of that but I kind of had a bad feeling that Russo was listening in the whole time. It, it felt a little bit like uh, Dumont was prying as well, which of course now, you know, when you go back and watch it, you can definitely tell what she's getting at with all of her questioning. Uh, may not have been as transparent the first time around. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's back and forth. I was surprised that Madani had even agreed to talk to Dumont in the first place because it seemed like they had such a like an antagonistic relationship uh, earlier in the season in the when they were talking to each other in the hospital. So to see them both on the same ground, I don't know, it seemed like Dumont was just really on it this time. I mean, Madani let it slip that Frank was like at the carousel or whatever, and, you know, Dumont caught that pretty quick. And they start going and having this dialogue about 
the differences between Frank and and Billy, which I think are both very interesting. I think we got a lot of good insights, um, especially, you know, Dumont's talking about, you know, people do things. I, I can't remember her exact phrasing, but basically like Madani is a cop, even though she like to the contrary thinks that maybe Frank is doing things the right way, you know, people trying to be good to cover up the bad, such things like that, which could also speak to Pilgrim who is also doing the same thing. So yeah, I, I think this had a lot of interesting aspects to it. Um, I like that Dumont is not just like this therapist that's there to, you know, take care of Billy or, you know, tell the audience what's going on in everybody's heads, but now she's taking an active role in, you know, planning things out and helping Billy, which I think is big too, yeah. because before she was almost kind of taking, you know, a background role. She was just not really being too involved with it. You know, don't get caught, Billy, um, stay here. You know, I'm going to help you out with this. Now it's like, she's totally fallen in love with this dude. And she's on his side going after Frank. And yeah, it's it's pretty dangerous now. And I would say, like I wrote in my notes, we were talking about, you know, how it's now Frank and Madani versus Dumont and Russo. So it'll be interesting to see if we see Madani and Dumont kind of face-to-face -face again, especially if um, Madani learns about uh, who Dumont's hanging out with. And if this is to happen... It's not going to be a physical battle. It's going to be a battle of wits, like, you know, cognitive, who can, you know, outsmart the other. And I feel like every single time, unfortunately, but Dumont's going to have the upper hand just because uh, Madani has, like, an issue right now. Not a bad issue, but she's just, Billy is, like, her kryptonite right now. I think Madani might have to kind of step outside the law. I, I don't think things are going to go very well for her. I think once Frank, you know, ends up back in jail or in custody, um, Rafi and Homeland and all them, it's going to look bad on Madani, and she's already in hot water as it is. So I think, I don't know, she might get let go. I don't know if, I don't know. I think she's going to have to take more of a, you know, Frank Castle role. Uh, do, do you see that happening at all? I might be off. Uh, not, not taking a Frank Castle role. I, I can see her. I do see her stepping outside the law. Like that's Curtis. a that's a good point. Like huh? I'm, I'm like kind of like Curtis is what I'm saying is maybe she'll be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Like helping, being like a right hand man kind of thing. Yeah, but I I don't see her like uh, becoming you know, her strapping up and wearing a Punisher vest. Oh yeah, no, I, I don't see school. that either. I mean, she she could do something like that. I mean, she was there at that carousel ready to go and we've seen her take some shots at Mahoney in a pretty badass. But when she was on the carousel, the, the Mahoney thing, that was uh not self inflicted by Mahoney, but you know, he kinda walked into a crime scene, like she said. And the carousel thing, she was actually going there to I think, you know, apprehend Billy, not to necessarily kill him or, you know, be one with the Punisher. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm just saying it we could be seeing something along those lines. Ultimately, I would say she'd probably be more of a supporting role like like Curtis. Yeah, yeah, back up. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. That's what I see her doing. Uh, did you have uh, another point you wanted to touch on? Um, the other point was uh, 
Yeah. Um, kind of when John is spiraling, we actually find his name's not really John Pilgrim. It's actually Robert. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. I actually did most... catch that. You, oh, you didn't? Yeah, when did he say that? So when he's like proposing to Rebecca, like he's, remember, oh, like he's I... sitting in bed. Yeah, okay. And he, and he's looking at them two, and he's like, hey, you know, I used to be a bad guy. You know, my name's Robert, and I used to be this guy. You know, I'm a changed man now. And uh, and she's like, you know, do you see these, like, demons kind of coming out again or whatever? But his name's Robert. Like, what's up with that? I don't know. That's a normal name. I mean, it, yeah, no, no. I'm not saying it's not a normal name, but, like, how many? who is John Pilgrim? This adds, like even more mystery to John Pilgrim now. I still have a lot of questions regarding him, just primarily just with his skill set and where did he learn all of this? But yeah, it's yeah, definitely his name. Where does he come from? But yeah, there's so much mystery revolving around him. Honestly, the way I pictured the season going was I thought by episode 10, Billy would be dead and we would be transitioning into Pilgrim being the main antagonist here. But, um, yeah, it's not the case. In fact, we still don't know a whole lot about Pilgrim. We only just now started to learn more of his backstory. So yeah, I still have a lot of questions as to where exactly this will go. He's- See, and I'm opposite. I think we're. Uh, I think Pilgrim's going to die before Billy. I don't think you can kill. Uh, what's his face off? Jigsaw. Uh, Jigsaw. Yeah, I don't think you can kill him off. I don't think they. Uh, they should do that. The, the only reason I say that is there's been so much debate as to whether or not Billy should be killed. And it's just been like this huge back and forth thing that it just feels like they're setting it up. Hint. Yeah, like kind of hinting at it. I mean, they could, it could be like a red herring or I could be just overthinking it. But, you know, Jigsaw is probably my favorite Punisher villain. So, yeah, I, you know, I've been wanting to see him brought to life. Um, in fact, one of my favorite uh, scenes this uh, I don't know if it was this episode or not, but uh, whenever Frank, you know, acknowledges that he's the Punisher and he's got to do his thing, you know, right after that, we see Billy and his gang going through and just like mercilessly shooting up. Killing people. Yeah. Exactly. And it just felt so, so Punisher, so Jigsaw. And I want to see more of that. I really enjoy those kind of moments. So I don't want him to die but it just feels like maybe they're setting that up and with them having two antagonists uh kind of running at the same time it makes i assume that that's the way it was going to go obviously i haven't been right here so i i'm not sure what do you have my words right have (laughs) episodes changed what you think the ending of like the season might be like do you have any predictions on where this might go uh, I mean, I feel like they made it in such a way that if it's canceled, it's an ending. It's not going to be like a, uh, you know, like, uh, how Daredevil ended where, you know, bullseyes, you know, getting, becoming bullseye and, you know, Daredevil's re- reuniting with Foggy and Karen. I think this is actually going to be an ending because they don't want to leave us on like, you know, a high and dry kind of thing like Luke Cage and Iron Fist and all those other shows. Oh, really? I yeah. think it'll still be left open. Huh? I, I think it'll still be left open. In fact, I hope well, it is left open just on you know the optimistic chance that it gets picked up again. 
by a well remember how season one ended season one ended where he was like you know i feel like i don't have to fight anymore the war is finally over oh i see so saying like it could continue but we get a little bit more of it's not a cliffhanger yes okay yeah i got you that's um, what i'm but, hoping for as well it's a it's a little bit of a cleaner ending and and you know it's probably gonna be something really simple where like he's standing over in new york with his punisher you know uh vest and a a leather duster you know kind of like you know embracing the punisher alter ego kind of thing or driving around with in his van with the punisher scroll and they'll say something like six months later you know hunting somebody down or something yeah I, you know what i'm mean? expecting i hope not because you know well so first off 2004 punisher ended off almost like exactly that way and then punisher at the end of daredevil was basically like that and I don't know. It's it's. I've been complaining about it, like just the back and forth of him, just not. I am probably too comic booky, and I want him in the in the leather like trench coat with the skull on, just running around blasting up mafia groups. So maybe that's not great for a storytelling like aspect for a show. But I've been hoping for more and more of that. So seeing him constantly like ditching the vest hasn't been all that ideal. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a clean ending as well. I like the ending of season one, so I'm hoping they can do something like that with season two where it's um, not very predictable. But also, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it'll still be left open. You know, I, I think we can both agree on that a little bit, especially with the showrunner saying that he's, you know, working on writing out what season three would look like. So obviously they planned that it would go that route, um, even if Netflix necessarily hasn't. But I mean, the same thing happened with with a uh, what like Luke Cage and Daredevil went in and like the showrunner presented it and they were like, oh no no, we're we're canceling it anyway. Yeah. So nice try. What? They, they were like, nice try. Yeah, exactly. Nice try. Um. So where do you think? One of my main questions is where do you think Pilgrim is going to be with his family like after this, or where do you think he's going to go now that he's kind of um. I think I honestly, where, where is Pilgrim from? Like Michigan or something? Ohio, whatever. Um, I'm actually. I think he's going to. Huh. I, I don't know. What's what I was saying. Oh, I think he's going to kind of you know go back to where he is, spiraled out, out of control, you know, looking for like uh, forgiveness and for uh, security, you know, because those people's. Uh, the Schultz and Rebecca kind of pulled him out of the slump that he was in. And I think he's going to be looking for that again, you know, because right now he's in a very, very dark place. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to go straight home. I think he's basically going to be like a hurricane now. Like he's just going to go through just destroying whatever he needs to in order to get this job done and go back home. I don't, I don't know that he's in any rush to go back home now because I feel like he's just going to feel ashamed. You know, like as those prostitutes were, you know, going down on him, he looks down and he like sees his wife and that's when he tells him to leave and all that. So I don't know. I I don't think he feels good. I have a bad feeling his wife is probably going to die before he can get back. And yeah, I don't see things going great for him. But I no, I mean, it probably won't. Like his days are probably numbered on the show now. Maybe. I Yeah, I don't know if he'll die necessarily my money was on jigsaw dying and maybe pilgrim i don't i don't know pilgrim probably has to die just because um him and punisher 
I, so let's see. I'm trying to think of an example without spoiling other movies, but basically, I'm I'm just not going to talk about other movies. Um, no, well, go, yeah, ahead, go ahead. So I'll say in like um, Jigsaw. I'm sorry, Pilgrim and Punisher are two sides of the same coin. They're very similar in that like their tactics, the one man army thing. Um, we've kind of seen them in kind of similar lights, you know, trying to be better men than what their, you know, um, instincts are. So I don't think, I think Pilgrim is what the Punisher would be if the Punisher went the wrong route. Like if he was a bad guy, essentially. Oh, like he didn't have morals and a code. Yeah, exactly. So I think these two can't coexist. I think one of them has to die in the end, which of course would be Pilgrim. So I I would say he's probably going to, I don't think he's going to make it through the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I think Billy's, Billy's going to run. I think, I think Billy's going to live and he's going to run, and that's going to kind of lead towards like, you know, Billy kind of being on the run and Frank uh, hunting him down. So if we're making like non-monetary bets now, if we're like staking it, because the next episode we're going to know the ending, so or the next podcast episode. So I guess yes. we're saying what we think how it's going to end villain wise. Is that like, what do you, what are you staking now? We're not staking like, not bet, uh, but like what, how do you think it's going to happen? Oh, like who dies? Like who dies or maybe like how the ending is. I guess. What are you, what's your call? Billy, Billy lives. Uh, Billy lives. Curtis lives. Everybody lives, but Pilgrim. I think Pilgrim dies and maybe uh, the Schultz are like on Frank's like agenda. Hmm. Okay. I could see that. I'm I'm kind of similar with you. I think I think Pilgrim and Jigsaw are both gonna die and Frank is gonna turn his sights to the Schultzes and then we'll probably get new villain we would get new villains for season three is what I'm gonna bet on. What do you think about um Amy, Curtis, Madani? Where do you think they'll end up? Um that's a good one. I think I think Amy's gonna leave. Because he says he's going after everything, he'll put her on a train and let her go. So I think he's uh, Frank's a man of his word. So I think he's going to let Amy leave. Uh, Madani's probably going to get fired from Homeland. Um, she's going to spiral. I don't know where she's going to go. And I feel like Curtis is going to just kind of get right back into his routine of everything that he's doing. I would agree with with Curtis. I think life's probably going to get somewhat normal with him. Maybe he'll get the girlfriend back. Madonna. Nah, she's gone. You think she's? I I don't I don't think so anymore. I was nervous she would. I I could be wrong, but I don't think she'll really come into play as much. What were you gonna say about Madani? Sorry to interrupt. Oh no, I was. I'm still trying to. I don't know where Madani's gonna go from here because I don't think she'll get to stay at Homeland anymore. In fact, I think she's questioning the law too much now. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no like heroes for hire or anything going on. So yeah, Madani's kind of a a wild card. Damn, do you think that means she'll die? No, I don't think Madani dies. I think they have yeah, a great character in Madani now, and I don't think like I think killing Madani would be like a wrong move for them. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've made a wrong move, especially Netflix already by canceling a lot of shows and shit. But I think you have to keep Madani on the show. I'm gonna say Madani kills Billy because I think she needs that closure. Oh wow! And Frank. Kind of already got his closure in season one. So I'm going to say Madani's going to do that. 
maybe even Dumont. I don't think Dumont will survive. Um, and then Amy, I like your idea of her just kind of being on her own, although I think she would want to stay with Frank. I guess we're foregoing earlier in the, you know, when we were talking earlier in the season, we thought Frank would, you know, be able to end like all of this and go live with Beth and Amy and Rex and start up like a new family. But it's seeming like that's probably not going to happen anymore. Yeah, and so Beth's not coming. You, you might be right that we won't see Beth. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like that idea. I like the idea that Amy kind of goes on the run. She kind of, or she's on the run with Frank. Although I don't know how that would work. I'm like, how did Mike? Micro got to be with his family. Yeah, Micro got to be with his family. Frank went not necessarily on the road to hide, but he went on the road to, uh, you know start a new life yeah so yeah I, I think i think amy might do that same thing she's so used to living under the radar or flying under the radar like that so i, I like that idea too yeah that's where i think obviously our listeners most likely know what's all happened they're probably thinking we're super dumb because we're probably totally off base or so, they could think we're a genius and uh because we nailed it if we're right, they probably just thought that we watched ahead, <laughs> but we haven't, and I'm pretty sure we're wrong on quite a few things. Maybe we got like one or two right, but yeah, we'll have to see. I'm excited to see these next three episodes and where exactly Frank's mental state's going to be, or just really everybody. Everybody seems to be very broken down at this point, so I thought it was a really cool place to end the episode. I'm excited to see where it goes, and yeah, man, I... Don't know if I have anything else to add, do you? No, I, I don't either. Yeah, so um, I think we'll probably start wrapping it up. Next uh, podcast episode for the Weekly Bugle is going to be the last three episodes, so Punisher 11, 12, and 13. And um, so we'll be discussing that similar to how we did today, maybe a little bit more polished because we're, we were just kind of winging it, trying out something new. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, if... Um, if you like this format better, you can definitely let us know. Or if you absolutely hated it and you want us to go back to what we were doing before, you can tell us that too. Um, you can talk to us on Facebook, the Weekly Bugle Podcast, or um, our email, which I believe is the Weekly Bugle Podcast at gmail. gmail.com. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so you can Leave us feedback. Let us know what you think. Yeah, otherwise, take it easy, guys. We'll see you next Saturday. Peace out.